all right well jared welcome back to uh episode two we had uh one episode released on i don't know a few days ago monday monday uh and so today we, talk, we talked on sunday night we, we recorded on sunday night yeah we had the so, ripper, so rippers of football games sunday night yep so it's tuesday night for us and uh we're back with a little more discussion to talk about last time we mentioned we'd probably talk about barry bonds in the hall of fame talk about uh major league baseball locking out and uh their inability to just be fucking normal and civil and uh discuss things so they met today we'll have an update on that update on the hall of fame voting maybe a little trivia later on and uh any other lifestyle stuff that maybe we want to get into but uh off the bat uh, the big news of the day is obviously the Hall of Fame announcement coming out for Major League Baseball, or I guess it's not even Major League Baseball. It's the National Baseball Writers, National Baseball Hall of Fame, NBHOF or something. Um, yeah, yeah. And the voting came out. I was a little bit confused about the results, to be honest with you. I mean, most people were hoping or expecting to see uh, – They're expecting to see Barry Bonds. They're expecting to see Roger Clemens, hoping to see those guys in the top of the voting, above 75% to get into the Hall of Fame. And uh, of the reported voters that were first coming out, they were. They were Bonds is at like 78%. Um, Roger Clemens at like 75.7. And Big Poppy was like 85%. And so when the voting actually came out, they all dropped like 10% which was super weird. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, initial I mean, thoughts, like, it's, it's crazy. I think it's, I mean, Jared, you can dive into it. It's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to restrain myself a little just, bit. No, it's, it's just, it's just frustrating because it's not like these are the first guys that have ever gotten in trouble. They just happen to be some of the biggest stars that ever got in trouble. Right. And, and on top of it, some of the biggest stars to ever get caught. Because nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about the glaring issues that there's a lot of guys out there that have probably definitely cheated and gotten and, and haven't gotten caught doing it, right? They were able to pass a drug test, right? Right. So their their name is, you know, upheld inside the baseball community. However, nobody's really talking about how much or like nobody really talks about how much Bonds and Clemens did for the game of baseball. And like that's what that's what pisses me off the most about it, is like how do you how do you hold somebody out that was that good for the brand, right? And and I guess I guess I, I guess I don't I'm not as familiar with like the voting process and who's who's all voting and and uh, I guess um all like the details behind that. But well, that, I think if I'm major if I'm major league baseball, I want these guys in the Hall of Fame because right. because of, because of their contribution. I mean, you have you have the home run king, right. and you have a guy with the most Cy Youngs in all time. It's like that's two of the best players to ever play the game. Correct. Like, in the, in my mind. Barry Bonds is the best baseball player to ever play, and we can get into that later. But like in my mind, Barry Bonds is the best baseball player that's ever played. And, yeah. I, and, I've, and I've argued, but I've argued with the other people about that, and people calling him a cheater. But it's like nobody wants to talk about, uh, you know, Pete Rose. Pete Rose saying that uh, eating greenies were like was like vitamins back in the day, which is just like taking, which would be like the equivalent of just ripping Adderall today and going correct, to hit, right? And he correct. Would do it almost every day. Correct. So. Yeah, so there's a lot that you just kind of touched on right there. Um, 
The first thing you mentioned about, you know, you don't know much about the process or you don't know who these guys are that are voting. So first of all, that part needs to be fixed, addressed. I don't know what the right word would be, but if you are somebody who is deemed eligible and is granted the privilege to vote for the Hall of Fame, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, whatever. If you're a guy that is given the opportunity to do that and in a ballot like the one we just had, you openly or publicly release your ballot and it's fucking blank because there's been about a hand. There's been probably four or five guys that I've seen that have submitted a blank fucking ballot. Um, that is <laughs> if you submit a blank ballot, unless there really, really is no dudes. OK, so here's the thing. If there's guys that aren't out that aren't good enough to get in the Hall of Fame, they're not going to get enough votes. Right. If there's like a full ballot of guys and they all suck ass, but they're like borderline guys, they're all going to get votes, but they're not going to get 75 percent. So if you submit a blank ballot, like blank on a ballot that includes Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Scott Rowland, Jeff Kent, Alex Rodriguez, Big Poppy, Gary Sheffield. I mean, like I could, you know, there's there's probably a dozen Hall of Famers on this ballot. And there's guys that submitted blank ones, uh, which is... Is that, is that their way of just being a chicken shit and saying, like, you know what, like, I'm not even going to vote? Like, is that, is, that, is that kind of, like, their way of saying that? Or is that their way of being, like, so opposed to the view of Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens because, because yeah. of their, you know, their, their cheating scandals in the past that they're saying, like, like fuck these guys. Dude, like, we don't I, even, like, you know, they don't deserve to I be don't know. Because, like, because I, I, I could see from, like, the point where they're, like, you know, it's a controversial topic, and it's maybe not maybe not fair to other players that have played in the past that weren't that weren't cheating. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, we can always talk about this. Yeah, like Barry. Uh, steroids, uh, steroids what's his name? Not letting you hit the ball. Who's the? Uh, oh, Bob Costas. He was on MLB Network today, and he was talking about the voting. Which, first of all, and this this kind of will maybe lead me into the second part about these voters and all this shit. Um, but Bob Costas is on there, you know, and he's like, you know, maybe sometimes these guys don't get voted in first ballot, but then they get in second ballot or, you know, the whatever. And a lot of guys do that because they like, we're doing exactly what you just said. They're like, well, fuck this guy. I don't want him to be a first ballot hall of famer, but I'll put him in, you know, next time or something, which is just, again, it's all just petty fucking bullshit. Second of all, here's a, just a general question that I think needs to be asked of, the baseball writers association people that are deciding the fate of who gets in the hall of fame they had a guy on mlb network today rob parker rob parker has a show with i forget the guy's name on fox sports radio and they talk about everything football basketball i don't i've never heard him talk baseball in the few times that i've caught the show rob parker's been on fox sports one on uh the one with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless talking basketball, talking football, and he has a vote for the major for the baseball Hall of Fame. This guy because he's a writer. So my question is, who the fuck are these guys, and why do they have the <laughs> yeah. fucking privilege of voting for this shit? Who are they? 
Who the fuck yeah, are you, these guys? Who do you, so if I so if I was to write something down on like a fucking sticky note right now, would, would that you're a baseball a writer. writer. Yeah, you're a baseball writer, writer. And I and I gotta decide someone's fate, somebody's career, or these are like. See, that's the thing. I that's the thing. I'm actually not all that familiar with is like I didn't know like if it was like a players panel. Like I, like I knew it was like the writer, like the writers. I just didn't know like who these guys were either. The I, like, baseball mind, writers like, association of America, BBW. A, I think is what it is. BBWA. Okay, let's let's see. Baseball. I'm gonna try to find. I'm gonna try to find uh, a list of these guys and and who the hell they are. Yeah, because if you look, we could talk about that. Who votes for the Baseball Hall of Fame? As I type it in Google, who votes? Who votes? It just says for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um. Okay, here it is, right here. Baseball. Do you have the same one? I'm I'm on baseballhall.org. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it says members. So they're all this. They're literally they're they're literally beat writers and like columnists. But like like who like anointed them? These guys to yeah. like decide the fate. Why are of the they the ones? You're Why a, are they the ones? You're a beat writer. Baseball beat writers writer association for the, for the members earn a Hall of Fame vote from its organization, which is independent of the Hall of Fame, by maintaining. 10 consecutive years on a baseball beat. I mean, that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Like, these guys have never... These guys have never touched a field. They've never... Dude, these guys... Oh, man, they're just so unqualified to be voting for this. I mean... It just seems like a ridiculous fucking system to get this. It just doesn't make sense. And if you want to do some writers, the guys that have been around the game for a long time or something, okay, that makes sense. I get it. But don't make those the only guys. Like you said... Get a bunch of managers, some some guys that get yeah, a ballot. Old, even old managers, yeah, like even like uh, because I guarantee, like, like, like yeah, because I guarantee you'll sense. have the yeah you'll have a bunch of dudes, a bunch of guys that are writing about it, and they're like, well, A Rod took steroids and he cheated, so I don't want. And then they're like, okay, cool. Well, guess what? Lou Pinella gets a Hall of Fame vote, and he managed A Rod, and Lou Pinella is gonna fucking vote for him because Lou Pinella watched him at 19 years old dropping dick behind Ken Griffey Jr. on the Seattle Mariners. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. guys are going to actually vote for him because they're like, I watched him fucking play. I don't care if steroids or not. Guess what? Guy he was facing, and that's another flaw in this system of all these guys that are not voting for, Hall of, you know, for uh, steroid guys. Like, Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and all these guys are just getting these huge knocks, right? They took steroids. Did... Do the baseball writers think that they were all just facing these fucking straight shooting, clean as a whistle pitchers that just never even sniffed steroids? Like, the only reason these guys yeah. are getting fucking issues is because they shit on everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Oh, that's like, that's the thing. That's the thing about it is the fact that they were so successful, they, they're getting hated on. Because, I mean, you could go back and I, I, I was listening to um, a funny thing is like, now there's this whole thing where they're called they were calling the pitchers the cheaters this year because yeah, they're yeah, using yeah. Whip. And I'm like yeah, yeah. that's that isn't that's a whole nother thing you could talk about but that's not new I, I was listening to a uh, I was listening to Billy Wagner watching I was watching Degrom pitch this year and I was listening to Billy Wagner and he, he called in and he goes he goes oh yeah but that's like back then that's just what we thought we were allowed to do like we just yep. thought it was like something we were supposed to do and he goes I mean he goes I bet you there's a whole lot of lefties that stood in the box that are really glad I had some shit on my hundred percent dude and I'm like. And I think about that. And it's like it's like why, you know, like like why does the precedent change over time, right? And like nobody talks about how those pitchers, the entire time, were all cheating according to like modern day baseball yeah. views. All, all 
every single pitcher had shit all over their hands that they're, you know, they're snapping off nasty sliders, you know, that they wouldn't be able to snap off without yeah. that. But nobody's talking, nobody's talking about that. Like bring that up next time you want to talk about how Barry Bonds had right. it so easy because, because apparently you just take fucking steroids and then you just, you and just it, take an Eric, Eric Gagne, 98 mile per hour fastball like what, on, dude. on the edge. You it's know? a joke. No, it's a joke. And then they talk about, like you were saying, Pete Rose and all those guys, the 70s and 80s, just coked out of their fucking mind, taking greenies, uh, taking greenies, Adderall. Yeah. And, and I've had this debate with other people, and, I mean, there's really no debate about it, but we both played baseball. We both, at one point or another, been been hitters, and you could ask any normal hitter, any person you know that's hit a baseball at a relatively high level, and when you ask them, which one would you rather have? Would you rather have an extra 15 pounds of muscle or would you rather have the ability to see the ball spinning in slow motion? And they would answer the yeah. second one every fucking time. Every fucking time. <laughs> yeah, because 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 the mental the mental clear and not to say that we know exactly what everyone every player that's you know like if you're on right. steroids it's not it's not to say that you weren't taking some sort of adderall or something maybe like that right well. maybe we, we don't we don't really know we that's not that's not what the big allegations were right so but like all i know is like hitting is such a it is such a hard ridiculously hard skill steroids doesn't help like, you square up the ball on the barrel at the optimal trajectory the op- optimal launch angle it doesn't help you do that it helps you when you do that hit the ball i don't know 10 feet farther 15 yeah, feet farther i mean yeah like i mean like who, who knows how much farther but it's not it's not far enough where you're getting fucking jam job to just knocking it's, balls out of dead center because, far, you, because you're so yeah. juiced up you're not swinging about that hard it's not far like, enough nobody, either it matter who it's not are. far enough either to turn a guy and that's what they're acting like to turn a guy who is a 15 home run a year guy into a 70 home run a year guy. That's what they're treating this like. Barry Bonds, if you want to look through his fucking stats, just in Pittsburgh, okay? Because I'm sure this is probably the most searched uh, thing today on fucking baseball Google is Barry Bonds statistics. Okay, before he even stepped foot on the field in San Francisco, he played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years in Pittsburgh. And in those seasons, he had 16... 25 24 19 and then 33 25 and 34 home runs okay so obviously he popped off a couple times he had 73 73 in 2001 which makes me just like giggle but the rest of the years he had he had 33 and 34 and then his first year in san francisco he had 46 in 1993 and like he just just wasn't juicing that first year but so the point is he was still capable of it Right, I mean, he was more than yeah. capable of it, well, and he had a forty forty season. I think in oh, it was in the Giants in ninety six. But you get my point. It, the guy, it didn't turn him into a home run hitter. The steroids, like he was already a f- phenomenal player, and that's what the a lot of the baseball guys, the writers and shit, whatever, were talking about today. They were like, well, Bond, like the reason I'm there was actually guys that were voting for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and not A Rod and not Big Poppy, like Tom Verducci submitted a ballot that had bonds clemens big poppy but not a rod not gary sheffield not these other guys because those guys took steroids and so on and whatever but his argument was well bonds and clemens were good before they supposedly started taking steroids it's like first of all how the fuck do you know when they started or stopped taking steroids second of all who the fuck are you? That's my whole point. It's like, shut the fuck up. I don't care what you have to say. Dude, you didn't play. I'm you saying, didn't face these guys. 
dude, these guys had to face that. That's the point you made about Gagne. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll shut up and let you talk. But my God, Eric Gagne took steroids. And that's why he, you know, supposedly dominated and threw 100 miles an hour. But it's just because he was good. That's why he got the noticed for it. And he had 50 fucking six saves in a row, or whatever. Barry Bonds hit a million home runs. Roger Clemens won the Cy Youngs. Everybody else was taking steroids. These were just the guys that had success. So apparently yeah, that's the reason. The most successful. Yeah, yeah, it's a joke. So 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 it all gets discredited, of course, right? And it's like it, I don't know, man. It's just like seven seven NL MVPs. He's got what was he eight Barry Bonds? eight gold gloves? Yeah, people don't talk about eight gold gloves. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. No, it's a joke. All star, like five hundred and fourteen career steals, seven hundred career home. Five, dude, five hundred career, career bags, five hundred. And if you want to put that into into a comparison here. If you're looking at the stolen bases he had over his entire career, year by year, in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> in the last six years of his career, he had nine stolen bases, seven stolen bases, six, zero, three, and five. And he finished with over 500. So the point is, before he was the 70 home run guy or 50 home run guy, he was maybe a little bit of a different player. But he was still f- gonna be a Hall of Famer, so yeah, it's bullshit. And I mean, again, we can get fired up about just, it all day, but you're just well, no, you're just, so here's here's what I'm hoping. I'm here. I'm hoping that the MLB, as like you know, as an organization, yep, kind of gets to, gets together and goes, okay, 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 maybe we gave these writers a little bit too much power. I, I'm I'm thinking like, okay, you could bring a couple of those writers. Well, in. the I'm thing sure is, it's not it's not the MLB. You know, it's not the MLB Hall uh, of Fame, a, you know. It's a National well, Baseball Hall of Fame. It's it's got well, all kinds of guys be, in there. There's gotta be there's I know, but there's gotta be able to there's gotta be some sort of way, right? Or or maybe Major League says like in my mind, you protect. I don't give a shit if those guys cheated or not. You protect those guys as because of what they Correct. did for the game. Well, and that's baseball, and that's and a whole other topic. How many how many tickets they sold, and you protect Dude. those guys. And maybe you say and maybe you say, hey, fuck your Hall of Fame. We we're the MLB. You guys aren't shit without us anyway, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, seriously. there's great there's obviously great baseball history. But you can say, you know what? If you guys aren't gonna induct these, we're gonna take all of the guys that you already inducted in the Hall of Fame that played in the MLB, put them in ours, uh, recognize them in ours. We're going to assign a like what like the way I like to see like a good amendment for this would be like like an MLB like PA type of system where it's like all these yeah. old ex players and you they know, rally and together. Yeah, they're all they're all together and they go, you know what? Like we all were a huge part of this game. We all played in this game. We saw the talent and the, and, and the achievements and the accolades that some of these and like incredible players put down on the field, regardless if they cheated or not. They were in the league for 20 plus years. They meant this much to the game, you know. And, and that's that's the people that should be making the decision is former players and and, and managers. Yeah. Saying, okay, this guy was amazing. And, and there's not 100 percent. And, and then 100 percent of a legitimate gripe, right? Like, right? Like, there shouldn't be any like. Oh well, we all liked this guy. Like you got to have fucking like crazy statistics to even get nominated to go to the Hall of Fame, right? So it's like I don't know. I think that that's the amendment that we need to see here. This needs to shift from fucking writers, some beat writers. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Former play players and managers, and that's and that's it. Yeah. And, and I think if the MLB, the MLB is smart, they they do some they do something to recognize that man. You can't be you can't have the home run king not you know and the guy that's won the most young the two. Most like you know like notably dominant like like things like you have seven Cy Young awards, seven MVPs, and the, you guys are just gonna skip them. I don't yeah. know. That's a lot. No, hundred percent. And then the the other thing on top of that, and you touched on it, is like 
and I saw a really good tweet. I wish I would have saved it, but somebody said that I think I'll be able to find it pretty quickly here, but somebody said something along the lines about, first of all, these writers are just so entitled, right? Like they just, this, this power has just gone to their head. Um, but I saw somebody write, um, the baseball writers wouldn't be cashing the checks they're cashing today if it wasn't for the era of baseball that these players they were voting on happened. Does that make sense? These guys wouldn't be yeah. making the money they do off of baseball and being able to write about it and be a fucking uh, beat writer and all this bullshit if the guys they were voting for didn't essentially save the game with the home run race in 1998, Barry Bonds hitting a jillion home Like, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire... Obviously, everyone knows who they are, and they've sort of been, whatever you want to say, outcast or whatever. Like, neither of those guys are going to get in the Hall of Fame. And if there's two guys that you would give the most credit for, or two, I should say, that deserve it more than anybody for transcending the sport, if those guys didn't exist and steroids didn't exist, baseball might be at the same popularity level as, like, the fucking MLS right now. I mean, literally. Like, it was just trending downward. And I know it always has that nostalgic, like, old school you know America's, there's always going to be the yeah, diehard fans right by, america's pastime yeah, yeah. right it's just hard man because those guys deserve a lot more credit and uh they didn't get it today i mean dude the other the other guys that were voting on there uh like the 2022 hall of fame ballot announcement i guess you could you could look at um i think they had barry bonds Barry Bonds got 66% on his final year. Clemens got 65. And if you scroll down this list, Sammy Sosa in the final year of his of his eligibility got 18% of his votes. 18%. Sammy Sosa. He had 600 home runs in the major leagues. 600. And and, and just once again I'll go back and I'll touch on how much how much did he bring to the game when he was at his peak? Like, like you said, that home run race, like the, the the home run race and just that that era where these guys were just super sluggers. Talk about the most entertaining, the most entertaining baseball you could have watched. I, I'm sorry. I'm looking at this voting right now. And Omar Vizquel was an amazing player. Amazing defender. Omar Vizquel got more votes than Sammy Sosa did for the Hall of Fame. Omar Vizquel, again, great player. No disrespect at all to Omar Vizquel. Sammy Sosa has 600 home runs. And Omar Vizquel was a guy that even if he took steroids, he probably wouldn't hit a ton of home runs anyways, right? Small guy, defender, you know, specialist on defense. But I don't know. I mean, it's just tough. And then a lot of these are pretty interesting. Um, some of the guys that didn't end up qualifying, and we could dive into this the results a little bit more if you want, but, you know, Kurt Schilling, final year on the ballot for him, 58%. So he didn't get in. I don't think he ever will. Another guy that's uh, actually three guys here in a row that are pretty interesting for me. They got Andrew Jones at 41%, Billy Wagner at 51%, and Todd Helton at 52%. Jared, you are a Colorado guy. Is Todd Helton going to be in the Hall of Fame at some point? You know, it's like it's hard for me to even know right now like i don't i like i i get it like you like basically it looks like you had to have a like an outstanding career um yeah. and you had to have like a basically a clean reputation and i could see like i could see somebody pulling 
I mean, like the way that I look at it is Larry Walker made it. So like, yeah, right. Todd Helton will, will probably make it. But it looks like you kind of had to have like a clean, you have to have a clean career where, yep. you, where you're like, you know, like where you didn't have, you know, the, like a, the public spotlight on you glaringly cheating. Right. Yep. And, but then it's like, then you see like, like there's always an excuse. It's like all of a sudden it's like, well, he played it. He played Coors at Coors Field, Field yep. before the humidor. Well, like, so how many of those are on? So it's like, okay, like, there's all those little factors. I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe it's too hard to get into the Hall of Fame because if yeah. some of these players aren't if aren't going into the Hall of Fame, if you, if you like, if you ask me, like, if I would think that Todd Helton should be a Hall of Famer, absolutely. I think he's got at least 2,000 hits, maybe 2,500. Let's look. Todd Helton, uh, his ridiculous amount of doubles too <laughs> like yeah and i will say that might be the only knock against him as far as doubles go extra base hits because Coors field i i'm not i'm not shitting on him i'm just saying it's an extra base hit fucking fiesta at Coors field yeah but it's, it's, has, a, it's a massive okay but he has 2500 hits dude how many what percentage of major league baseball players that have played the game have 2500 hits i mean i'd argue probably less than one percent right seriously I mean, it's a joke. Yeah. Oh yeah. Twenty five hundred hits. Fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred RBIs in his career. It's a joke, man. Five five hundred ninety two. Four time. Four silver sluggers. Five three gold gloves. Five time All Star. I mean, just like five hundred. Five hundred and ninety two doubles. Oh, and in case you were wondering, just to just to put the icing on the cake for me as a personal fan, he was drafted by the San Diego Padres in the second round of the nineteen ninety two draft out of high school, and he didn't I sign. <laughs> And then the Rockies took him in the first round, uh, three years later, out of, out of Tennessee. Anyway, yeah, we went to Tennessee. Didn't out of Tennessee. He, he, yeah. So did he played football. Did he, did he play football? At Tennessee oh yeah, he too? played football. Yeah, he played quarterback ahead of Peyton Manning. That was his thing. Remember? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Too. he was the quarterback ahead of Peyton. And then, and then, didn't Matt Holiday? Did Matt Holiday play? I don't at know. Tennessee too. We could look at Matt. I wanna, Ho- dude, I want to. <laughs> I want to say Matt Holiday. I mean, Matt Holiday still hasn't touched home plate. Um, no, he's from Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. He was out of high school. Okay, yeah, maybe that was some weird confusion I had between uh, when Peyton was here and like yeah, it's been a while since I'd really looked into. Yeah. So th- then the last guy we can touch Helton. on, and then we can wrap up this Hall of Fame for the guys that didn't get in, and then we'll talk about Big Poppy. But Billy Wagner is a guy, fifty-one percent. He may end up getting in eventually, right? But there is some statistical arguments being made today on MLB Network about a lot of these advanced metrics that weren't available when he was pitching, like ERA uh, plus or like there's some other one. I can't remember which one it was, man. I wish I did. But basically, it was like a statistic and it was a cumulative number sort of thing. It was like a ERA plus where ERA plus is like a stat where it's like 100 is league average. And it was Mm. something like ERA plus. Let's just pretend it was. But it said it's basically like something like pitchers with an era plus above 170 with over uh 900 appearances or something something ridiculous and 80 percent of his appearances were as a reliever and the list was like mariano number one and then the other the other guys on the list were like just ridiculous like lee smith trevor hoffman and then, but Billy Wagner was not only on the list, he was second. He was ranked second in this, whatever statistic it was. So if you're looking at that argument, and there's other arguments for it, Billy Wagner might be the second best relief pitcher in the history of the game. And that might be a hard argument to make, right? Because cumulatively, he didn't get 600 saves like Trevor Hoffman or 478 like Lee Smith. But, dude, when he was 
at his all peak. I know, all I know is if you go, all I know is if you go L one fastball up to me, up and into me, little slide step fastball up, up can't in, touch it. You're solderizing my back. Yeah. So, so Todd Helton didn't get in. Uh, Billy Wagner didn't get in. Kurt Schilling, Roland. Now that's another one weird for me where it's like Scott Roland got more votes than, than Todd Helton. Like Scott Roland, great player, man. But like, really, Scott Roland? I don't know. Great player. Okay, don't get me wrong, but whatever. Moving on to the one inductee, Big Poppy, right? Everybody loves Big Poppy. Uh, Hall of Famer, good for him. It's our fucking city. This is our fucking city. Yeah, that was legendary moment, right? But again, not to put a damper on it, but you start to get into the fucking hypocrisy and the illegitimacy of these fucking baseball writers, man. Big Poppy had a positive steroid test in his career like pot like tested for steroids came back positive and then it got brushed under because apparently it was false false positive or he tested again it was negative whatever i don't know and i'm not saying he took steroids he might have he might not have who fucking knows point is the guy finished with 541 home runs he was a dh guy was a fucking monster three-time world series champ blah 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 totally deserving of a hall of fame but it's just hard because you look at him and then you look at the other guys on the list, and you're like, he deserves it. But if he's in, like, holy shit, the rest of these guys should be in for sure. So, I mean, good for Big Poppy, yeah. man. It's it's good. Poppy, yeah, Poppy absolutely struck. And he was and he was another one of those guys that was so polarizing, just in terms of like, oh, hundred percent. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like anytime that like, anytime that you have developed a brand for yourself that you no longer are called your by your name. Correct. You're literally you're literally no longer called David Ortiz. You're you're called Big Poppy by an entire like. Your entire fan base. Yeah. You know, well, everybody in baseball calls him Big Poppy. You know what yep. I mean? Like, that's that's a polarizing figure. And like that, and even though he did, like like you said, like okay, got brushed under the the rug. Even if he did have a, a steroid, like a positive, positive steroid yeah. test in his career, are you going to take him out of the Hall of Fame after he did that much for the game? He was. No, you can't. How many David Ortiz jerseys have you ever seen? Have you seen in your life? A trillion, a trillion. <laughs> So that's what I'm saying. It's I like, see it's David like, Ortiz jerseys. I saw them at Petco Park in San Diego when the Padres are playing the fucking the Diamondbacks. Like I saw Big Poppy yeah. I mean, literally. So it's just like it's like yeah. I don't know. I think the thing with Big Poppy that that might have tipped him over the edge is that he tested positive, but then later in his career he didn't. Right, and he played without it essentially. And on top of that, and this is a this is a question that maybe we can uh, end up here on TikTok or something, but. We could go more generally if you want to go to all sports and maybe just list some names off the top of our head. But is Big Poppy the most clutch fucking athlete ever? Like, he was not only, like, clutch in the big, like, one-time moments, right? Like, of course, everyone thinks 2004 Red Sox, walk-off homers. But the one that sticks out to me is, in more so, he's just a big-game guy. Because in the 2013 World Series... Let me just read you his stats from the 2013 World Series. They won the World Series against the uh, Cardinals, I believe. Mm-hmm. He had six games. He had 16 at-bats, okay? 16 at-bats, 11 hits, 11 hits in 16 at-bats, two jacks, six Pretty RBIs, good. and he had eight walks. Eight walks. He had a 760 on base percentage in the World Series. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's absolutely absurd. 
like so dude that's that's that's, absurd. that's just like showing up in the big games big moment guy you know submitting your legacy and here he is he's a hall of famer and he struck out one time by the way in six games one time 11 yeah, for 16 with eight walks and i think a, f- a handful of those walks yeah four of them and right here eight walks four intentional because he was so hot the cardinals were like dude that's that's like the barry bonds treatment where it's like dude fuck this we're not pitching to this fucking guy you know yeah I mean, if bases are juice. Bases are juice. We'd rather give up one than four. Yeah, and that's another like, thing, that's man. A, that, I don't care what what steroids you took or whatever. If you ever did, if you get intentionally walked with the bases loaded at any point in your career, you're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> that's, hey, that's, hey, that's a that's a. I think that's a fair statement. Also, like if you know, like I don't know who's all. I don't know who's all on your on your stream, but or but like if you're like a younger baseball fan. And you've never and you've never seen well, to either the streamer yeah. or the the you know people listening whatever right or I mean, yeah or, or listening to the podcast yeah um if you have never seen the at bat between Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds and, and Eric Gagne uh yeah it's not obviously they face each other more than once but there's like one one very famous at bat and was that right after Gagne had like didn't Gagne like win the Cy Young or something that year I think he well I mean or we can. We can look it up, right? Bonds, Gagne, uh, at bat. And we can see what year it was. 2004. So that was the year... That was the year that Bonds, I think, hit his... No, in 2001, he hit 70... uh, 71 home runs. Barry Bonds' stats, really quick, too, if you want to look at 2001 to 2004. This will blow your fucking... This will blow everybody's mind. Okay, including yours, and I, you, you probably know this or have heard this. In 2001, Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs. Okay, obviously it's a fucking joke. And you would have to think, in the year that he hit 73 home runs, and every other year in his career had no more than 49. Okay, so he never hit 50, he only hit 73 once. The rest of the years it was 49, his other peak years, 46, 45, 45. This is a, another one of those questions you asked like last time about Tyreek Hill, right? Tyreek Hill, over under two and a half games with over 100 yards receiving. Everyone would take the over. In, in this trivia question or scenario, whatever you want to say, the year he hit 73 home runs, is that the year he finished with the highest OPS of his career? Does that make sense? Is that the highest yeah. OPS season he had in his whole career was 73 home runs? Yes or no? It would have to be right. Well, I mean, like, hypothetically, yeah, just, just, like, just like our just like our question, the question that I had for you about Tyreek. Right, Hill. you're gonna say no last, now. Right. Last season, I'm like, yeah, like I think it's like, oh, you're like now that you've you've led me into it. Signed yeah, it, no, yeah, lined it no, up like that. Like, but if yeah, but if but if I was if you were to like write that down on a piece of paper, I would answer that wrong every single time. You'd be like, well, of I'd course like, yeah, it course. is. He had 73 home runs, yeah. but in 2004, Jared, he had 45 home runs, and he had two. <laughs> almost puked when I read it. 232 walks 232 walks his ops in 2001 was 73 homers was 1000 <laughs> 1379 which is just that is like mlb road to the show created player on rookie mode numbers in 2004 he only had 45 home runs but his ops was 1422 it's a joke. I mean, it's an absolute joke. So that Eric Gons, well, that that Bonds Gagne at bat was in two thousand four. That was the year, um, 
that they had that that epic at bat that you're referencing, and that's why I mentioned the year 2004. Um, Eric Gagne won the Cy Young in 2003, the year before, when he had okay, yeah, so, so he 77. When he had 77 games, he had a 1.2 ERA with 55 saves. In 82 innings, he had 137 strike. I mean, that's just a fucking joke, man. And, like, Eric Gagne. Is Eric Gagne a Hall of Famer? 187 saves? It's probably not enough, right? I mean, cumulatively, yeah, probably, probably he had not. a crazy he was, he peak, was, but, yeah. Yeah, he was nasty. He was really nasty for a minute. Um, so, just for a little bit of perspective, this year, in the 2021 regular season, the highest OPS was 1,000. And 44 so 1044 1.044 harper no it's harper and then, and then vladdy jr was right behind him with a 1.002 right so you said he had four, a 1400 yeah his highest was a 1422 that was his barry bonds highest oh, ops okay so so just a little just just to think about that that's 1422 that's roughly it's roughly 400 points 400 points higher than Bryce Harper did this year, and he won the and MVP. If you, were to, if you if you were to care, uh, go down and compare Bryce Harper to somebody that has 400 less than him. I don't even know if I can, I don't even know if let me scroll down that far. Let's let's compare. Let's compare. It lets me get down to 132. Oh, here we go. So here's somebody roughly 400 less. David Fletcher <laughs> for the Angels. To Bryce so, Harper, so you're Barry saying. Ma- Yes, yeah. So, so the difference between Barry Bonds to Bryce Harper this year is the difference, is the difference between... between Bryce Harper and David Fletcher, the third baseman for the Angels this year. Like the sometimes David Fletcher, baseman. yeah, the David Fletcher guy who hit what eight home runs this year. Like, it's a joke. Yeah, it's a fucking joke. But yeah, back it's, to it's your... just it's it's just good perspective. Man. Yeah, no, it's a great perspective. And back back to your uh, your point about the the Gagne Barry Bonds at bat. At bat was in 2004, and it was in April. And it's a uh, I don't know how many pitches. We're gonna we're gonna lay the video over it, you know, for a TikTok or something. Barry Bonds versus Eric Gagne at bat in 2004 is the greatest documented at bat in the history of baseball. Period. Period. End of discussion. It it was. It was unbelievable. It like it like like it looked well because it looked like in the in the start of the at bat, you're like, holy shit, Eric Gagne is that dominant, right? He's that guy. And just to and and, and just to be there, and, and then like obviously like there's like the third pitch that people said might have been a strike, but then Barry Bonds actually ends up sitting in there, and it's like it ends up being like a five minute at bat. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. And he fouled five off at, five minute at bat. He fouled many, off like a, I, I mean a handful, right? Five or six. And one of the balls he fouled off was, like, one of Gagne's 101-mile-an-hour fastballs. He didn't tip it foul. He didn't check swing emergency hack. He turned on it and pulled it foul into the water. Like— Yeah, he, it, was a home, it was a foul ball home run. Like, what the fuck? And then he did it again, tried to come back in with the cheese— and he turned on, turned it around just as fucking quick and hit it into the water again. But it was fair. And it was a fucking, I think it was a walk-off home run or a game tire, you know, something of that caliber. But that at-bat is the greatest at-bat in the history of baseball. I, I just think, yeah, I think the fact that Gagne is coming off that, was just coming off that Cy Young, 
Yeah, Barry coming off, you know, obviously the crazy, the crazy, crazy years that he's that he had had. Yep. And then you have uh, the fact that he's 39 years old. Like, does like does he still got the juice? And then he gets down 0-2, and it's like like from there, like that's what people don't get. Is that that's one of his career home runs? Nobody wants to talk about how fucking difficult that was. Yeah. Oh to yeah. Foul to foul off the pitches just to even get into that situation, and that's why I fucking love Barry Bonds is he was that good of a hitter. He would choke up on his bat. He would stay in there and he would fight. He could fight pitches off, fight pitches off until he finally got something that seemed like a little. And I don't think the ball that he hit was a mistake. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like that. He, he hit a good pitch. He hit a pitcher's pitch and pulled it into the pulled it into the water. Hammered for it. For a splash shot. Hammered it. And it's like that's that's just one of those things where it's like you don't realize when they when the guy hits 762 home runs. No one's just they're not all on hanging curveballs or missed fastballs right down the middle. Correct. To be able to fight to be able to fight as long as he did at the plate is what makes that at bat as good as it is. Hundred percent. And I mean and we've seen some good at bats too, but like in terms of like polarizing people in the game again, you got Eric Gagne, like you said, had a ridiculous peak, was one of the, probably the best reliever in the game at the time, right? Of course, yeah. By or, far. Right, or right yeah, right there with it. And then you got you have this like, you know, this epic face off and, and not only does he win, he wins in the best possible way. He takes him deep. Yeah, it's a joke. Which is un- unreal. So yeah. yeah, if you haven't seen that one, if you haven't seen that, watch it because it's it's five minutes and you'll go, holy shit, like that looks impossible. And in, in one thing too is like you're watching the, you're watching it on TV, you don't realize how fast that ball's really moving oh, no. here and there. No, 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 no chance. That ball's, that ball's that ball's hissing at you, and you could probably barely see it. You can't so. see it, and but he turned it around. Yeah. You can't see it. Yeah, he somehow turned it around. I don't know. So and and that's Insane. the other that's the other thing about Bonds and like yeah okay he took guys deep he did whatever, but like it's not like his all his career numbers like this again. Here's a good comparison. This isn't a knock on guys on the Yankees or whatever, <clears throat> but when you have, you know I think it was a couple years ago the Yankees the New York Yankees they their lineup was loaded they had Judge Glaber Torres you know Giancarlo maybe not even Giancarlo but like Gary Sanchez right a bunch of boppers and they hit as a team they play the Orioles 19 times a year right the Baltimore Orioles who were just at, you know whenever this was it's 3 years ago dog shit dog shit team dog shit pitchers nobodies triple A guys and the Yankees would play them either at home or in Camden Yards and they would tee off they would hit 5 6 7 home runs a game and it was like, well, shit, those guys. And then you look at Glaber Torres' stats at the end of the year. Okay, yeah, he finished with whatever, 28 home runs, 30 home runs. Nine of them were against the Orioles. Ten of them were against the Orioles or something shit like that. Barry Bonds, it wasn't like he was just shitting on nobodies. Again, we've talked about it. Everyone was taking steroids. And if they weren't, I could tell you off the top of my head, as a Padres fan, one guy in particular who's openly admitted and said multiple times, that Barry Bonds owned him was Jake Peavy. And dude, Jake Peavy was a Cy Young caliber pitcher when he's facing Barry Bonds and Barry Bonds shit on him. And so it's, again, it's just, Bonds was just so good, man. And the steroids didn't help you square the ball up. They just help you hit it a little further, in my opinion. And maybe get the bat off your shoulder, yeah. I guess, maybe. But like, not not enough, man. Not enough to see a ball, recognize a slider, spinning down and in, drop the barrel on it, keep it fair, and then, of course, it goes 470 feet instead of 440 feet. Like, whatever. You know what I mean? Or turn on yeah. two-seam. Like, it's – man, it's just a you, shame. You, you, you don't get – yeah, you don't get you jammed. And then, like, I don't know if, like, you – I don't know if you said this already, but, like, nobody talks about the fact that he was hitting in San Francisco either. Dude, that is such a huge part of <laughs> – it's such a huge part. It's such a huge fucking part of his success. Like, 
nobody talks about it and helton gets knocked for it so i feel like on the flip side he should get more credit because yeah no hitting a sand frame when you get that little wall of like marine layer you're playing underwater underwater if you like if you like if you like betting if you like betting on baseball you go like this year this year go through and look at look always go and look and see like what giants giants over unders will be and luckily this last year the giants had a great offensive year right right like a, sure. a really good offense yeah year. yeah but like but like the year before dude even the years they were winning the world matter. series it'd be, it'd be it'd be six it'd be six and a half and you'd get suckered into it. You'd, you'd you'd go and you'd bet it and you'd watch the game and it, it and literally did look like they're it, it looked like they were playing underwater yeah and, and the and it was four to two and it wasn't four to two off of off of home runs it was, it was four yeah, to two singles off doubles of like, yeah, yeah. A, 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 a walk you know a, a bloop single then a double and that's yep. how, or a triple there yep. so you, you could definitely get some triples there if you hit it yep. up the alley but yep um but yeah no pretty pretty just insane like on top of it like exactly it's it's almost like the reverse the reverse todd helton yeah it is um yeah so it, it sucks for barry but i think there's still a small glimmer of hope that he gets in with that this secondary round of voting from again a random group of unqualified people but maybe they vote him in maybe they don't so that'll wrap up the hall of fame discussion we vented about it we've gotten our opinions out about it right and that's what feel, we want to do i feel better i feel a little yeah. bit better yeah <laughs> yeah we feel more more at peace with it so moving on to more baseball stuff and then maybe uh some other some other random topics but maybe we'll make our picks right maybe we'll make our picks for the uh this upcoming weekend for the the playoffs right why not in the meantime, ML MLB Owners and Players Association met again today, second day in a row. We were going to record maybe last night, but we, re we found out that they were meeting again today. So waiting on the results of that. Well, they met today, and this headline from the Philadelphia Inquirer says, the MLB lockout, print, or colon, players said to be disappointed by Tuesday's meeting with the league and the owners. So are we back to square one? Are we—I just don't even know what to make of the fucking reports and the shit that they come out with because they meet yesterday. There's apparently enough progress made where they're like, well, let's just meet again tomorrow. Does that mean they didn't cover everything, so they had to meet for a second day, or does that mean they wanted to meet for a second day? I don't know, but what I can say is if this disappointment word keeps coming out of all these reports— and I've mentioned it before, we're not going to start on time. And that is going to suck really bad for maybe not you and me, because we're going to watch baseball no matter what, but for the people who in March don't have anything to do, the people in, for example, San Diego, they don't have maybe San Diego State college basketball that might be in the tournament. Besides that, they don't have basketball. They don't have hockey. They don't have football. The only thing they're looking forward to is Padres baseball. And if Padres baseball doesn't start on time, it, and, uh, there's a bunch of different cities, right? I mean, they're blowing it. I mean, they're they're like it, it, blowing it. Just, it. it kind of falls it kind of falls right back into that that category. It's like like we're talking we're talking about how Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens should be a part of the, you know, Hall of Fame because right. they were so important to the game and what they did to the game. And then this is going to be like one of those glaring like spots. If, if they don't get this settled, this would be one of those glaring spots on like on the, on the fall of baseball. If baseball continues like to fall in popularity, 
you know like this this will be one of those things that they, that you look back at when you're like you know when you're like looking at the brand of what the mlb is right you go, okay well you didn't if you're not starting on time and you, and nobody can agree on anything it's like it's just a black it just ends up being a black eye on the season and we just had to go through the shitty covid season like we just went through that. Yep. And when and the Dodgers. That's got why their it's so Mickey frustrating, Mouse. dude. Dodgers got their Mickey Mouse World Series. Yep. The ring doesn't count. Doesn't count. It doesn't count. Sorry, Dodgers fans, but no, it's not. It's fucking, it's fucking truth, man. Doesn't shit. Doesn't Actually, count. no. I, I don't. I'm not saying sorry to any Dodgers fans because you can uh, you can either find one down the street or you can find one in L.A. Because yep, they're everywhere. They got too, they got too many bandwagons. Like it's like almost like a Yankees fan. It's actually exactly like a Yankees. Fan. Yeah. So I, I read the headline from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Players are players are disappointed with the meeting then i see an article from mlb.com and again this is from mark feinsand who's a who's a notable reporter notable writer and maybe he's getting a little bit under the table for major league baseball to make this seem better than it is but his article is titled significant progress made in the collective bargaining agreement meeting today and it says major league baseball and the players met for a second straight day with the league making a significant move to create a path to a deal so how are there some people reporting that there's significant progress and there's other guys that are reporting the players are disappointed, extremely disappointed in the meetings? It makes no fucking sense. One day after the MLBPA rejected the league's proposal that included significant increases in pay for players with two plus years of service time, MLB returned with a proposal based on framework initially presented by the MLB Players Association, according to a source. There's a lot of haggling going on back and forth, apparently, about arbitration um uh service time uh revenue sharing i guess which is like a huge pain point in these arguments revenue sharing uh if you ask me i know the owners want to make their money and they they should but the players should probably get a little bit more share of the revenue because they are the ones that are playing baseball so when they generate ticket sales and jersey sales and concessions and all the things that generate revenue for the owners, they should probably share that a little bit more. I mean, that's just my feeling yeah. about it. Maybe I'm not, not getting all the details. Maybe they want a ginormous share of it and it's too much. I don't know. I'm not an expert on this and I'm not in the meeting, so I don't know. But I feel like the players, obviously the top players are compensated very well. But they're not fighting for the guys that are making $30 million a year. They're fighting for the first-year guys, the second-year guys, for Chris Bryant, who got held down for two weeks, and then the Cubs controlled him for an entire extra year. You know, shit like that, which is bullshit. I mean, everybody agreed that was completely ridiculous. But like you said, they, they got to come to an agreement. Um, Apparently, the MLBPA yeah. dropped its demand for a change to the six-year free agency eligibility. Uh, MLB's proposal Tuesday for the pre-arbitration pool marked a significant step forward, creating a path to a deal. If there's a path to a fucking deal, why is, no, why is there no deal? I don't understand. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's really weird. Yeah. I feel like the arbitration rule is just like, necessarily understand like like how that became like a like an agreement in the first place on the player side of things i'm looking at this also this says mlb's expanded postseason plan would also increase players postseason shares by approximately 20 million 
If you talk about 20 million, that sounds like a big number, but when you have whatever the number of postseason teams there are, what, seven, eight teams or whatever? 60% of gate receipts from the new first round of the postseason will be added to the players' postseason shares as well. A lottery of the top three selections in the draft would also serve as a deterrent for teams to tank. And that's a really interesting topic that I saw earlier today and I did want to touch on is should baseball, Major League Baseball, consider a lottery draft? Is that something that they... Is that a problem? Teams tanking? I mean, is it? I, I like. I feel like it's I just part of I, like, part of the game. I, I was, feel like it's just being bad for a couple of years so that you can be good, right? I mean, because I feel like it's bullshit. Like in the NBA, when you have a team, not necessarily tanking, but that doesn't do well because their team sucks, and then the the lottery comes around and they have the most ping pong balls in the fucking the lottery draft, and then they don't, yeah. and then they don't get picked as the number one pick. Like I feel like if you were the worst team you should still have the first pick. I don't know. I mean, and, yeah, and they yeah, talk about know. the I mean, first like three lottery. picks, you know, in this MLB lottery draft. It would be for the first three selections in the draft. How many guys that are, like, superstars were not in the top three selections in the draft? Yeah, baseball, baseball is weird like that, too. Like, baseball is really weird like that. Like, like a lot of guys that are, like, down, like, I mean, like the David Wrights and the Albert Pujols of the world, you know, guys that aren't even in the top ten rounds, really. I think... I want to say David Wright. Yeah, David Wright. Wasn't he like in the 30s? I know that Mike Piazza was drafted in the last round of the draft that he was taken in and he signed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mike Piazza was like a 61st rounder or something ridiculous, you know? So there is a little bit of that for sure, I guess. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of somebody else because Wright, uh, Wright was a first rounder. Who am I thinking of that was in the 30s? I don't know. There's a lot of guys. I mean, there's a shit ton of guys. Draft pick compensation for free agents. Um, MLB offered to eliminate that. I think that should stay because if you lose somebody to free agency, you should get compensated, I think. Uh, MLB dropped its proposal to eliminate Super 2s, another proposal to pay arbitration-eligible players via a formula and a third proposal to make changes to the pension plan. Under MLB's proposals, the arbitration system would remain unchanged. I don't know. I, I just It's so much stuff that they have to come to an agreement on. And again, this comes back to our, our topic. If they don't make fucking progress soon, soon, dude, it's January 25th. When are they meeting again? You, <laughs> you know, like... They need to meet tomorrow, and then they meet. They have to meet the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and it feels like it's it's two weeks worth of haggling if they met every single day, and they're not meeting every single day. Like it's like it's like if you have a project with with class partners you, in school, and you only work and you only work on it in class, and you only work on it in class in a college class that meets twice a week. And you expect to get it done yeah. by the deadline. And then it comes to the day where the project's due, and you're like, well, it's not even close to done. You're like, yeah, no shit. Like, you need to work on it every fucking day. I mean, I don't it's man. It, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't get I don't get it either. I don't know if it's because they need to go back to their own sides and, and you know, like renegotiate and like talk within like talk within each amongst other. each other and then yeah. And, yeah, and then go back. But by the way, I'm looking I'm just looking at like uh like some of these players. Um, that were drafted like 
like after the tenth round, like right. just like they have like this list. They have this list of of people that are like, like you notable just players. Make, you, you, yeah, you could make like a just such a ridiculous team. <laughs> Andre Dawson eleven, Nolan Ryan twelfth, Albert Pujols thirteenth. Jeez, man. Also, Jim Tomey, Dave Parker, Jose Canseco. Buddy Bell, Kenny Lofton. Yeah, dude, Mike I Cameron. think it's a lot less it's, about. It's, it's, you could go. I know, you can go forever. So yeah, no, like just back to your your lottery idea. It's like it's like it's not. There's not really. It doesn't. It's not really that glaring where there's like a number one overall pick. I mean, there is obviously some number one overall picks that have been like that are are just ridiculous. You know, like all. But well, then, then there's also guys that just don't. Yeah, but if you shit. think about if you think about taking away, let's say they did have the lottery in place the last twenty years. And whatever it was, 10, 12 years ago, the Nationals were dog shit. And they got the first overall pick, I believe, in back-to-back years. If it wasn't back-to-back, it was two out of the three years. And there's two... Strasburg and Harper. Exactly. So what if there was a lottery in place and one or both of those years, the Nationals were the number one, you know, had the most fucking ping-pong balls, but neither of them got picked in one or the two of those years... Where would the Nationals be? Would they have even had a sliver of the success they had without Bryce Harper or Steven Strasburg? No shot. No fucking chance. So yeah. I, I think yeah, the lotteries. I mean, they were nasty. I mean, I, I understand the incentive to stop how about, tanking. How about, Houston, but... how about the Houston Astros' absolute botch job? Mark Appel and Brady Aiken back to back. Yeah, years played against Brady. Wrong. Played against Brady in high school. He was definitely number one first round pick. Well, you know, those guys, they were They sick. blew it, Mark, though. Mark Appel, Mark Appel went to Stanford, but let's like... They blew it. They didn't, they didn't pan out, obviously. Right, well, Aiken didn't even sign. I mean, that, that shit's just... And that's the other stuff. It's like, he like... Yeah, he, or something yeah he, he got drafted, got a physical, came back with some UCL damage, so they lowered the signing bonus offer, and he was like, fuck that, I'm, I'll come back next year, I guess, and then, and then he tore his UCL, and he was never the same. But Brady's a... Brady is a really good pitcher, and uh, yeah, he was, I mean, he's anyone that he was just, drafted first overall is obviously super talented and nasty. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just when you see him get drafted overall, and like the fact that they went, the the Astros drafted back to back years, Mark Appel, Brady Aiken, and not neither of those. I don't know if did Mark Appel ever make it up with them? No, he's never gotten the big leagues. Nope. Um. So, shit, man. I mean, I think that's about as much as we can cover as far as baseball goes for now because there's just not shit going yeah. on. Um, anything else, non-sports you know, non stuff, I would say, generally speaking, uh, if you're somebody who tries to diversify your funds, avoid the stock market right now at all costs. Uh, like, if you're new to investing, do not invest in yeah. crypto right now or the Actually, stock market. Wait, wait, time, time. I don't think that's good advice. Do I think right you now want. would be the one of the... Right now would be one of the better times to invest in Maybe buy all, low, right? It, yeah, it all just tanked. So yeah. it's, like, it's like, I mean, shit that I was holding, like, I, the nothing hurts worse than going and clicking on your crypto portfolio when, like, you, it was looking one way last week, and then you cut back into it this week, and you're like, oh, it lost 34%. Yeah, so that sucks. But like, but, but like, a, I would, I would see that. We're not, we're not advisors, buy. so, you yeah, know, yeah, do whatever you want. We did, we're, uh. Like they call retail investors. Yeah. Throw a little cash in there and you have it. And hopefully, hopefully you buy that one coin that that's yeah that cost point point zero three cents right now. Shiba. Yeah, or whatever. Some some bullshit. Yeah. It's worth four dollars one day, and you live on a on a boat. Yeah. Yeah, on a seventy five foot yacht. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's 
I mean, as much non-sports stuff as we can go, because the rest of the world is, is political, uh, and we'll probably just avoid that. So, um, you know, just be smart yeah, with well, your money, you know, and just make sure <laughs> if you're going to make parlays, uh, you know, take some make alternate sure lines. Make sure they're at least, <laughs> at least 25 legs, at minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then, you know what? The last thing we will do, though, is we'll, we'll talk a little bit of football, unless we end up recording later this week, but... Uh, I saw a lot of stuff about the Chiefs game and specifically a video from Travis Kelsey, or it was Travis Kelsey was mic'd up. He didn't release it, but the NFL did about their final drive. And we already talked about it in the last podcast, what the fuck the Bills were doing in that game, uh, playing prevent cover nine defense and letting every guy get 15 yards off the line of scrimmage before coming across a defender, whatever. Obviously, they should have squibbed. They should have played better coverage, but different game plan than whatever the fuck they did. But now you have the Chiefs, and I would say I would be... I love Joe Burrow, love the Bengals, love the story. I would be shocked, baffled, bewildered if the Chiefs weren't in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, and I tend to I tend to agree with you there, I, and I I get it. The Bengals just beat them at the like the end of the regular season. Not in Kansas City, beat though. Them by two. No, not in Kansas City, and also, also just in general, it's just like I don't know. Joe Burrow got sucked. Uh, I don't know. I counted nine times in the no, last. Like, time. I, like I said, like, on the last time I like last time I like to say I, I'm not a guy that exaggerates. Right, got, right. Got sacked, I think I think it was thirteen hundred times. Yeah, in that yeah. game. Yeah. So he got sacked thirteen hundred times, and I just think that like. If I if I'm Kansas City and I watched film, like there's obviously some some holes there. I do think obviously the Bengals might be able to move the ball and score a little bit. They've proved that they can score like 28 points a game during sure. the season. There, there's there's gonna be a chance there. I think what it comes down to is that that Chiefs team is like just, it's not Joe's year. I don't think. I, just I'm, I just don't think it, like they don't they have the experience yet. So the, the Bengals team, I think the yeah. Chiefs team does have the experience. Obviously, yeah, yeah. like they did just won the Super Bowl. Um. And I think, you know, like that's it's there's such a weird team because you could watch them and get so frustrated because you expect you expect basically what I expect when I watch the Chiefs in the regular season game or like any game. Like, oh, Travis Kelsey's going to go for 85 plus in a touchdown. Tyreek's going to have eight catches. Tyreek, that's Tyreek. That's less explosive than Debo Samuel. But right. yeah, that's Tyreek. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Tyreek's, Tyreek's going to have nine catches for 117 and a touchdown. And you know, and then they have those other they have those other guys like Miko Hardman who is like who can really just blow Pringle. the top off of a defense. Yeah, Pringle. Pringle's good. And then and like and then you have Mahomes who can throw the ball from any position. But um but to be devil's advocate and be take a counter to that, I don't remember the exact statistic, but I think it was something around the Bengals were the first team in NFL history to have I think it was like a four thousand yard passer, a thousand yard rusher and two 1,000-yard receivers all under the age of 25 on the same team. So to your yeah, point, they could score. Definitely explosive. You know what I mean? Yeah, they could score. Can they, they, score. can they get the ball back with a minute left down by five points and go down in the field and can't, at Kansas City and score a touchdown like the Bills did? I don't know. I don't know. But to make my to, to wrap this up and make my final picks here, I think because uh, we we may end up touching on it later in the week and do like a full preview, but this is for uh, the general TikTok and uh, prediction time, and we can go back and forth on this. My predictions last week, 
I gave out just general winners and losers, except for I said Green Bay is going to destroy San Francisco uh, and cover I the spread. That. Right. Uh, except for apparently everybody on TikTok thought I was just a fucking stupid piece of shit because go Diners, Niners Nation, whatever. Not going to get into that. But I think uh, Chiefs win, Chiefs cover. I think the 49ers win. And if the spread, I think, is three and a half right now, if it drops down to two and a half, they cover because they'll win by a field goal. Did I say that right? The Rams win by a field goal if the spread drops to two and a half, so they would cover. So I got Chiefs winning and covering the spread pretty easily, and I got the Rams covering a two and a half point alternate line let's just say that the rams covering an alternate two and a half line and beating the 49ers playing at home in the super bowl against the kansas city chiefs which by the way is going to be if that's the matchup an excellent excellent super bowl in my opinion see i i guess i need to look at the lines real quick i think the chiefs cover seven i could see okay so chiefs are gonna win by at least at least seven maybe 10 early seven you know i i could all i could also see the Bengals just i could also see the Bengals covering that spread and i also have the i don't know man it's like like i did this with the georgia and alabama game for the national championship and i saw and i took basically the last meet, like meeting between the two and i was like you you do look really dumb and you feel really dumb if you take if you just saw the matchup happen and then you like go you and, and you bet against that, and then it happens the same way. You go, like, yeah, okay, it was right in front of me, right. So it's tough because we just saw the Bengals beat the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs should have lost last week, and it should have been the Bills. Um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Cincy to cover, okay. I mean, but but I, but I I, I do kind of want to take. I, they're at plus seven, so I'll take them at plus seven. But I like I wouldn't mind taking an alt line on that, but I'll probably take plus seven. And then the over under scares the shit out of me too. What's do you know what the weather look, looks like in Kansas City? Well, we can certainly look. Kansas because that City. Is, if you're if you're betting, you've got a better an over under. The over under of fifty four and a half seems high, but at the same time, on Sunday it's f- a high of around game time. It's going to be about mid forties with with no cloud cover, so it's going to be sunny. It's. I mean, but then again, that sounds like exactly like what the Bills and Chiefs game was. Like, it sounds like even if there's okay. cloud cover, like mid to low forties, that's not going to stop either guy from slinging the rock. So, I mean, I think if yeah, you had the, to take a, an oh, X factor, if you had to take an X factor for both teams in this game, I mean, the obvious ones, right? Mahomes, Burrow, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase. What about like a Uzama? Or like a running back for Kansas City, like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, or who's the other guy they had? The the old uh, Jarek McKinnon, right? Jarek McKinnon, yeah, yeah. Like one of those guys, or do you think it's just going to be another blow the lid off Chalk. superstar? Chalk. Um, that you know that that's kind of what the last game turned into, but not really because I mean Stephon Diggs did nothing, nothing, zero, and Gabriel nothing. Davis was, was like, nobody picked him to score four fucking touchdowns, so. Yeah, but I don't even think I don't think you could find that on a book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder, like, uh, like that's like one that you'd like if you saw you like Gabriel Davis score four touchdowns. That seems awesome. Plus six thousand. Yeah, 
plus two put two dollars on that's probably more than that i would imagine it's probably more than that two dollars to win more yeah more than uh probably two dollars to win a thousand something crazy something like crazy probably probably plus ten thousand because most books will, aren't willing to take the risk correct but anyway but um gabriel davis yeah 200 yards and four touchdowns what a what a performance um all right yeah so i'm gonna take Bengals. i'm taking Bengals, and then i'm taking yeah, i'm seeing the line right now i'm seeing the line for the rams at three and a half yep. i'm taking the Bengals to cover and, I, and i'm scared of an over that high i mean obviously like you can you can picture them in your head slinging the ball but then you could also picture there's like that little weird i don't know there's a little weird thought in my head too that the the chiefs pass pass rush ends up doing really good and the yeah it ends up as much. 54 it ends up being like a 31 to 10 high. game you know what i mean you're like 31 to 10 54 is, 54 is really high and i remember last year in the super bowl it was there was a the over under was really high too um and i think everyone had um, bucks bucks oh I, I i had bucks under last year and it, it paid really well but it's like it's like obviously when you start like i think it's in most sports fans and sports betters heads like over you want the over to happen it's entertaining and right. also you, and you also you don't have this like just looming pressure in your chest the whole time because you still have optimism that scoring can happen on one right. play uh-huh. when when in, when when you have an under you hate any every touch, any positive every, game every touchdown, yeah a five yard five yard catch you start yelling at the tv yeah so i don't know that's a tough one but i but i might go under there um in the nfc championship uh i know i already mentioned the pick for me i don't think you've officially given a pick yet you talked about rams minus three and a half i think the rams win by a field goal so in that case it would be i would essentially take 49ers to cover if that line drops down to three i would take rams to cover and if it ends up at three it's a push and if it drops down to two and a half with a bunch of late action I would definitely take Rams, but for the time being, Rams are going to win. But if it stays at three and a half or goes higher than that for the Rams, I take 49ers to cover. And the total 46 and a half, just like what a perfect number for that game. Cause it's like, like the 49ers could go out and score six points or 13, let's say like they did against the Packers. And then the Rams would have to score 34 points to get to the rest you know to cover the rest of that that total i don't know that's a hard number to take because it's a full eight points lower than the other game so you're like oh that's gonna go over but yeah i I also uh i i like rams money line too the the san fran kind of scares me that they're gonna be able to pull something off you know um they got they got a good team but that that rams defense is playing good right now. yeah that's again yeah, we're talking about like, x factors they, they, yeah. they can stop the run and they have a really good run defense so if they can stop the run they can stop that that elijah mitchell debo samuel combo combo yep. and for and force the game into jimmy g's hands also I think jimmy g takes too much heat <laughs> like you know what i mean i just like People like like love bashing on him, but it's like I think he, like last week there was like two or three balls that like would have really boosted his stats that just went off his guy's hands. But like I still think yes. the Rams, the way the Rams D is playing right now, I think Von Miller is playing excellent over there. Love Von Miller, obviously, big Denver guy. So I love I think Von Miller is playing really well. Um, obviously, that defensive line is just incredible. And then if if so, if they're able to force that game into Jimmy G's hands. I'm, I I wouldn't be comfortable taking a spread just because I'm not sure. I have it at, I have it at three and a half on mine, so it's like I wouldn't even take yeah. it by a field goal. I'd probably take money line because I think the move like what what's so funny is they moved extra points back and and ever since they moved extra I hate points that, back, dude. 
Oh. And you, you, you get those numbers. Get, who's, oh. the, who's the kicker? Matt, Matt Gay. Matt Gay. For yeah. The, the Rams. Yeah. The Rams. It's like, yeah, that's like he's gonna, like, I could, I could see him doinking one, right? And then all of a sudden they win by two. And then yeah. the, the 49ers cover. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'll just take, I'll take Rams money line one because I have a bet with one of my buddies, $50 from like week four that the Rams would win the Super Bowl. Um, and then that over under, I might, I might take like, I'm a big alt guy, man. I don't like, I don't like the exact number of Vegas kids, and I'm willing to give up money to take a number that I feel more comfortable with. Yep. So yep. I, I might take, I might take like an alt under of like, let's see if I click on it right now, I want to see what the alt under of 49, like, let's see like what like 48 or 49 and a half would be. It's probably be just like the money line. Yeah, it's gonna be like game minus line, game lines, minus two or minus 180 or something like that, minus 160. Let's see. I would take because I would take that game. Oh yeah. So you, under so under forty nine and a half minus one sixty five. So if you parlayed yeah. those two together, it, like you could you could probably have, you have some decent odds. But I, I feel comfortable with under forty nine and a half. I don't love forty six. Yeah, it doesn't seem like enough points. Yeah, I think so. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah, and then X factor X factor for the game. Uh, again, obvious obvious answers. George Kittle. Cooper Cup, right? Matt Stafford, Jimmy G, however they play. The guy that uh made some waves last week had one incredible pass breakup. I think he was guarding Rob Gronkowski, if I wasn't mistaken, or he came over and broke up a pass. Then he intercepted a ball from Tom Brady. Is a guy named Nick Scott who's playing safety for the Rams. He, apparently he's a pretty much a career, not a career, he's only he was only drafted in 2019, but he was a special teams guy and he was like the backup safety. And then he came in and I guess according to the broadcast of the game last week, they were like, Oh, he's uh, like, you know, he's gotten a lot more action cause there's been some injuries and this and that. And the guy showed up and like broke up a ridiculous, like flew from the, the hash to the sideline and broke up a pass. And then same thing on an interception, jumped a route from the hash, ran to the sideline, cut off a route, like underthrown by Brady. Don't get me wrong, but maybe that's more generally, the Rams defense. I think if the Rams defense has been doing what they've done and then they don't <laughs> forget how to play football in the last three minutes of the game, like they did last week and give up three touchdowns in six minutes or whatever, like they did. Yeah, I mean, that, it's, why does it say, why does it happen like that? I mean, it's Tom Brady. I mean, it's just like, and hey, well, the no, NFL is fucking just rigged and Sonny Michelle sports. fumbled and is rigged, but I mean, Cooper Cup. Yeah, no, it's just in professional sports today. I don't know. That's a, that's one actually, I don't know. I know you don't pay attention to much basketball, but Clippers were playing. Let me tell you real quick. Was it today? Yeah. And it was. They were down by like 35 just, points, right? And then they came back and won. Yeah. Clip, Clippers, yeah, Clippers, Wizards. So you go to the box score right here. They're down by, I, I thought I saw a number in the 30s is what they were trailing okay, by. Summer. Okay. Okay. So, so 32 and 34, That's it was 66. It was 66 to 36 at halftime. They're down by thirty points. Thirty-six. So then, and then, and then they uh, they still scored. They scored twenty-seven. The the Wizards scored twenty-seven. So sixty-six plus twenty-seven, eighty-six plus seven is what ninety-three. So they're at ninety-three going in. Yeah, ninety-three going into the fourth. And the and Clippers just rattled off. The Clipper, well, and the Clippers were still. The Clippers had back-to-back forty-point quarters. That doesn't happen. One forty-point quarter a game is rare. I feel like. Yeah, no, you go back to back. Maybe not with that, that right. offense too. They have no no Kawhi and no Paul George. I mean, and they that, just, I mean, yeah. You're telling me, you're telling me, 
they come back from a 30 point uh, deficit yeah reggie jackson terrence man <laughs> yeah isaiah hartenstein are coming yeah. back and, and just balling i don't know you see stuff like that and you're like uh, amir coffee that was the leading scorer like who with 20 with, with 29 exactly yeah so i don't know point i, I is, feel like that's how it works though point is rams show up and play defense uh jimmy g is Kirk cousins so if he gets pressure on him he can't run He's not incredibly accurate every throw. Yes, he had a few drops last week, a few balls that were, like you said, tipped and intercepted, you know, made him look worse than he was. But it's going to be Rams Chiefs Super Bowl. Just, it, it has to be. Just for the NFL ratings, too. I mean, like, think about, think about how much more a game will be watched Rams Chiefs as opposed to Bengals 49ers. I mean, like, 49ers, they both have big fan bases, right? It's a good story for Joe Burrow and, Two teams that finished at ten and seven, wild card teams. I mean, whatever. But actually, I think the Bengals won the fucking division. But yeah, either way. Um, yeah, so that pretty much wraps it up. An hour fifteen here for this episode. Um, covered a whole lot of shit, vented our feelings a little bit. Uh, next episode, maybe later this week, to fully preview the games. I mean, we just covered a lot of it. Fully preview. Maybe there's another MLB meeting. Um, and then maybe we'll start talking a little hoops. I don't know. Get into a little, get a little. Gets you, gets you, gets yeah. you into some basketball. Yeah, you get a little action. I mean, the other, the other thing we haven't really touched on at all, which is something that I, I don't mind talking about. But uh, I like talking a little college hoops. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert on it, but I don't, I don't follow it too. I don't follow it as much as I should. Uh, you know why? It's because there's 147,000 teams. Correct. That's and like correct. I said, I'm not a guy. I'm not a guy that exaggerates. And I looked it up. That's a that's an accurate number. Yep. There's 147,000 teams. Yep. In, co- in college basketball. Looking at looking and this weekend though, there's a big game uh, on Saturday afternoon. Number 12 Kentucky versus number five Kansas. I mean, that's a good. That's a K- Kansas Kentucky. That's a great basketball game. Um, you know, so oh, maybe we'll oh, get in. Arnie. Oh, Arnie. I just also, by the way, you know, last time we talked about the SGPs. Just went ahead and knocked it, knocked one down today, but it was only a plus five five eighteen. That's not good enough for me. Yeah, it needs to be in the plus thousands. Five, that's, that might as well might as well be a chalk. <laughs> that might as well be chalk. So yeah. I'm a little upset about it. Plus five eighteen is free have, money, right? I mean, it's it's basically yeah, it's a yeah. lock is what I like to call it. Uh, yeah, lock or chalk, call it whatever you want. Sure. Also, uh, just kind of had the had the game over here on the on the TV over here, and uh, had a SGP that was going pretty well in in one of the games tonight. What here's one thing I hate about betting them. Is if if there's a blowout like this, like Dallas is down 39 points right now to Golden State. Yep. And also, Christoph Porzingis was just drunk. He was just hammered. He just had whiskey in his in his Gatorade bottle on the side because <laughs> they threw they were they're throwing him passes and they're bouncing off his knees. So he gets this pass that bounces off his knees. He punts he punts the ball out of bounds and gets ejected in the fourth quarter of the start of it. So shout out to him. Perfect. Freak. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fucking idiot. No. Um, yeah, that'll wrap it up. Uh, appreciate those of you who tuned in. We've had a few few listeners in the last episode. So those of you that are uh, sticking around or deciding to check it out for the first time, we appreciate it. As always, uh, Jared, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, all of you that are choosing to be phenomenal fans, right? Phenomenal fans of the game, uh, whatever game that that may be uh next time we'll go probably football maybe more baseball hoops and uh, we'll definitely be bitching about 
bets that we lost in same game parlays. Oh, so can't can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. There'll be there'll um, be there'll be plenty of those. Yeah. So uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. We will check you on the next episode.